0: Over the last few weeks, there have been multiple reports of churches and church leaders involved in child sexual abuse. We talk about the role porn plays in all of this and why child sexual abuse is an us problem and not a them problem when we come back. Welcome to the Overcome Porncast, the show where we discuss pornography in the culture. I'm your host Jack, joined as always by Chris. Chris, how are you doing today?
1: Good, doing good. Still up here in Pennsylvania, snowed in, but we'll I saw that you were eventually. in your
0: office though, so at least you can you can travel a little bit. Yeah, we had uh, we had an ice scare yesterday. Yesterday being Sunday, uh, as of our recording here. Uh, we couldn't get up the hill to get to worship, but my mother-in-law was in town, so I had to drive to Tulsa to go get her, and a 30-something-minute trip turned into, you know, like an hour and a half. Nice. It was bad. I know your mother-in-law. You do. She's a nice lady. She's in town. She's in town. We are expecting child number three at any moment.
1: Oh, my goodness. You know what, what I was I was just thinking about as you were talking? You know how often we talk about the weather on this podcast? A lot. A lot. Why do you think that is? I don't know. You know, like, we could, I, I think it's because we're in two different climates. That's what it is. You know? You like,
0: would think, except it's pretty well similar. No. Every Jack, time we talk. Jack.
1: <laughs> you. Oh, that's cute. That's cute. Can I tell
0: you this? It's, it was nine degrees this morning. Wind chill of negative 10.
1: Okay. Maybe we are in the same climate. <laughs> Oklahoma's weird, man. <laughs> But, no
0: other state has weird weather, but my state does. Uh,
1: that's what everybody <laughs> says about their state. I know. I hate it. I hate it. Anyways, let's talk about porn.
0: Yeah, I don't hate that. Let's. I don't hate talking about porn. Okay, anyway. I was
1: going to say, like, wait. Right,
0: I do hate it and what it does to people. There
1: you go. But there I like
0: talking about it with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> Today, uh, we are specifically talking about uh pornography in relation to child sexual abuse in churches Uh, there's been some stuff in the news lately i mean for a long time people have been teeing off on the catholic church and their uh, abuse of you know uh, choir boys things like that sort of deal that's that's been happening for a long time um but just recently i think a couple weeks ago or so Uh, You have the Southern Baptist Convention in the news with, uh, let me make sure I get this number right, it is uh, 380 Southern Baptist church leaders and volunteers have faced allegations of sexual misconduct, and 250 of those people have been charged as of... February eleventh is when this particular article was posted, and we'll have that linked below. Yeah, uh, but that was a big thing that got blown up. Uh, Houston, the Houston Chronicle and the San Antonio Express News both did a joint report, and uh, yeah, that was just a few uh, weeks ago.
1: That's more than a couple.
0: Yeah, it's a lot, that's and a it's lot. specifically church leaders.
1: Um, um, I mean, that's scary, man. But before you know uh, us in the the Church of Christ. Yeah, put your stones uh, down. Yeah, a little uh, too, you know, sitting on our high horse. uh, The Christian Chronicle just came out with a a report of their own of someone up here in Pennsylvania, a longtime youth minister um, who uh, has been charged uh, with, what was it, uh, indecent exposure or exposing himself to youth. Um
0: yes, and it got pretty specific with some other things as well. Yeah. I think there were four good. boys he named specifically. This this guy in particular, by the way, seventy years old. And so this is a this happened a while ago. This happened when he was serving uh as a youth minister. Yeah. This happened in the eighties, uh as well. Uh he was involved in uh several camps, part of the board, things like that. Yeah, uh, for the Churches of Christ, and I mean, involved in a lot of places where he was around kids and uh, abused them in in many ways, and yeah. so
1: and like like you and I were talking before uh, we started recording here. I think we typically look at this like you just said. You know, before we pick up our stones, we need to understand that this is not a you know this is a, a them problem. It's those people outside the church that struggle with this uh you know child sex abuse and uh, including pornography right we like to view it that way this is an us problem um and it's not just a well you know this is how you know people are sick and twisted nowadays no no no. like this happened you know 30 years ago (laughs) um you know 20 and 30 years ago this was still a problem Almost 40
0: almost 40
1: almost oh my goodness (laughs) yeah um (laughs) Uh, Like, this is, it's not just, you know, you can't put qualifiers on it. It is a problem. It is a problem, and the church is not excluded from it.
0: And we're not just naive to say, yeah, but not with us. I mean, we're, it is, it is idiotic to say we are excluded from pornography or these other things that everybody else is dealing with. Yeah. Completely dumb to say that. So. Um,
1: But, Jack, (laughs) you just got done reading a book. And actually I did. reviewing a book about this very issue, which I think is uh, it's timely, um, but it works out great for us because it gives, gives us something to talk about.
0: Yeah, it was not planned, uh, this book review and these reports all coming out at the same time. Uh, but I happen to be reviewing over on strongchurch.org. Uh, we have a Too Many Books podcast, and the book I was I just finished reading and I reviewed for... Uh, just this past Tuesday. So What Kind of Watchman Are You? And it's put out by somebody within the Church of Christ, actually, uh, who is writing about this very subject of child sexual abuse, the warning signs, and how to speak up, what will happen when you do speak up. And a very practical book. It's 75 pages, so very short read. I actually recommend getting it, especially church leaders, uh, and because it's kind of researchy. So it'd be better to, like, the preacher read it and then distill the information better through a sermon or something. But Present I do recommend somehow, getting the yeah. book. Um, because this is something we need to talk about. And I'm glad this guy wrote this book. I'm glad these uh, articles are coming out by uh, the various news outlets and Christian Chronicle. I'm glad they're putting these things out because this is this is a, a thing that's happening uh, and and a real problem. And I think what we want to do today... Uh, for the time we have left is uh, talk about some of the, uh, some of the interactions between the elders at this particular church in Pennsylvania. Uh, Some of their comments, they were reached out for comment and uh, there's a struggle between the leadership there and the congregation. uh, The parents of the victims uh, shed some light on what happened to several of these victims and, uh, presents us with some, some interesting things to talk about in regards yeah. to this, because this is a problem that you're likely to encounter, uh, whether whether the leadership is involved in this or somebody in your congregation is tempted to do these sorts of things uh, or you just have people in your congregation who are survivors of something like this. Um, you're likely to encounter it in some form or fashion, and so uh, we want to talk about it. How do we handle it and, and where we go? from all that. So yeah,
1: before we, um, dive too deeply into this though, I, I think is, is really interesting in the article put out by the Christian Chronicle that the, the person or the elder that they were interviewing the most is also the brother-in-law, um, of this individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only, I mean, that's a, it's a tough spot to be in, as an elder trying to deal with uh, a, an issue like this in your church. But when you're, you know, when you're family with this person, man, that makes it even more difficult. Um, and so like, basically the, the, the elder's stance, or at least the, at least this one particular elder, um, it made it seem like, the, the article sounded like, you know, he wanted to uh, have his brother-in-law, uh, the man who actually perpetrated these crimes, uh, to be allowed back into the church, even though the court uh, specifically ordered him not to be allowed back into the church.
0: Yeah, in fact, the article says that until the court appointed that he not come back, uh, he, he can come back if the leadership of the congregation agrees that, can at this moment they haven't done that uh, because they're meeting with the congregation Um, but up until the court appointed you can't go back they were fine with he came forward twice they were fine with him continuing to go there uh, even though I mean nothing was really done about it repentance wise
1: yeah the leadership was okay with it but then yes but then they interviewed some of the the parents of these kids Um, some well, they said very different take all yes. of these kids that he abused are no longer in the church. Yep. One of them was in prison. Uh, several of them are struggling, and two had committed suicide. Yep. Um, so as far as you know, like um, you know, is uh, is porn a victimless crime in all of this? And we're gonna we're gonna touch on that later. But like, there is a cost. There's a very high cost, and especially for us. Who believe in the Bible and believe in, in salvation and, and that we have a soul and that we will stand before the judgment seat of God? The fact that all of these kids that he abused are no mm-hmm. longer in the church, I.
0: He's going to be responsible for that. I hate He's going to gonna hear gonna have that. to answer for that. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. You, and
1: so. Uh, you go. You go, Jack. You go.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to say you mentioned the porn is not a victimless crime thing and I was just going to jump right into it.
1: Okay, you go. You go, man.
0: Awesome. Okay, well there's uh, uh in one of the recountings of of some of the stuff that had happened and I'm trying to scroll and find the the quote and you may have it on you. Um but there was on Oh, here we go. Uh, At first, and this man's last name is Brothers, the the, uh, molester, Brothers took him and other youths to fun activities, such as seeing movies and driving go-karts, but then the youth minister began showing pornographic movies to the boys. The man testified. Uh, Eventually, Brothers performed lewd acts in front of him, talking about one instance here, uh, and encouraged him to do likewise, the man said, reporting that this happened at least 50 times. And so you have... Uh, this child molester who is, who's their youth minister, uh, who starts with things that are innocent enough movies, driving go-karts, stuff like that, but then starts showing pornographic movies. Uh, do you think, uh, Chris, and I I just want to see what you think about this. Do you think that maybe he watched pornography before he started showing it to these boys?
1: I would say without a shadow of a doubt.
0: <laughs> do you think maybe this helped push him in this direction of acting towards this way? Oh, absolutely. Towards these I
1: mean, I think even yeah. if you ask someone that's, you know, not, I don't want to be a self-proclaimed expert here, but even if you ask someone that who wasn't an expert, you're know, like, do you think this guy you know, probably watched porn before he did this? I think anybody would say, yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: And that's that's what we mean by porn is not a victimless crime. You, it is not your sin and yours alone. If you are involved in pornography and in watching it in any form or fashion, that comes out against other people, yeah. to the smallest degree, it's going to change your attitude towards people, how you view them, and maybe not how you treat them necessarily, but uh, you know it's been shown that you're going to be less less patient, angrier. That sort of thing. So even in that way, you're going to be different towards people in a negative way. Uh, But it can turn into this.
1: Porn changes the way that your brain works. It creates new uh, neuropathways in your brain, and you start viewing people as objects rather than people. We've talked about all of that stuff before. Yeah, Um, sex
0: becomes a reward, and so then you start... Doing things to try to get to the reward more often,
1: and, and this is the this is yeah. the real cost, right? Mm-hmm. You know, porn is not a victimless crime. Well, these are the victims of what a you know uh, a porn addiction, um, you know, left untreated, and you know we've talked again we've talked about you know serial killers and the Ted Bundy tapes and all of that stuff. It's all it's all connected. It's, all yeah, connected. it's not that if you don't you know, if you don't start getting control of yourself, if you are a slave to your inhibitions and uh, to chasing after the dopamine in your brain, it will lead you down some very dark roads.
0: Yeah. And, and that's not to say everybody ends up in the same worst yeah, case scenario, yeah, yeah. but you will end up in your worst case scenario, whatever that is if you keep going down the path like Absolutely. you said if you allow it to keep rolling uh, you're going to find yourself somewhere you don't want to be so and
1: on i guess on the flip side of this what I, I wanted to make mention before we before we put a rest to this topic is um how, how then do we uh, do parents like what's what's the good balance jack for okay being a good watchman um but then like not going overboard and be like well you know all preachers and all ministers, they're all perverts and they're all out to corrupt my children.
0: So one of the things recommended in the book is just personally, as a parent, be very watchful of your own children and be very, just be very protective of your own kids Mm -hmm. uh, to kind of set this precedent of if, if there is somebody who you are concerned about, if they know that you're paying attention, they're less likely to do anything because they're not interested in having a fight. They're interested in, uh, taking advantage of somebody who's not paying attention. And so, uh, you want to be vigilant and, you know, um, not constantly, it uh, was it helicopter parents or something, uh-huh. always around your kids, never let them out of your sight. That's not what we're talking about. But, uh, uh like, with, with my kids here and I'm not saying that it's a concern but well, it's a concern in a general sense that this is happening in our world then there we go uh, you know I I know where my kids are all the time constantly checking up on them it's not that I am not anywhere else I'm talking to people all the time but they know not to go back in any classrooms they're always in an area where I can see them and if I see them going somewhere they shouldn't I follow them say kids, you need to come back in here. I can't see you. Yeah. I think,
1: I think education plays a a huge part in that, right? You're educating your kids right now. Hey, these are safe places for you to be. And these aren't, uh, my kids are a little older than yours. And so now we've gotten into, uh, for my kids, the why, why, why do we not want them alone? Why, uh, do we want them to keep talking to us and, you know, being, having these conversations, and being, uh, able to be open and honest about, you know, things that are difficult to talk about is because this is reality. This is the world that we live in now. You know, mm-hmm. pornography is not this like, okay, you know, that's over there and, you know, we'll never have to deal with it. It's no, I know all of my kids will be affected by pornography in some way, form, or fashion. And the same mm-hmm. thing is true with child, child abuse, right? I mean, I mean, they don't have to look any further than their father. I was a victim of child sexual abuse right? Like Mm -hmm. this is not fairy tale land. This is it's reality. And the more we do to educate our kids again, age appropriately. Yes. But they need to be educated. The,
0: Uh, I, I want to speak to that. My, my wife was more ahead on this than I was. Um, there's a book. I can't remember what the title is right now, but I'll make sure that it gets on the website. So check the links. It'll be there. Um, It talks about how God, you know, God created you, and it goes through this whole thing. But it teaches kids, and kids my age, both my daughter and son. My daughter is going to be three uh, here in a few months, and my son will be five. Both of them know the anatomically correct names for their parts, and the reason for that is. if somebody tries anything, but these kid, my kids know what the proper name for it is, you know, and not some fun name, uh, that predator is less likely to do anything. Because my kid's not going to say, you know, he, he touched this p- and make some fun, cute name for it that I gave it. He's going to say, this guy touched my penis. Well... Predator's not going to come back to that because I know what that is. My son knows what that is, and he can tell me very clearly this guy did this. Yeah, Um, and I bring that up. You say age appropriate. There are probably a lot of people listening going, "Well, you know, I don't want my, uh, I I don't want my five year old running around, you know, yelling penis in the foyer." I don't either. He hasn't done it yet. He probably (laughs) will at some point, but at this point. And my daughter is more concerning to me than anything. She's She throws wor- the words around sometimes. She doesn't necessarily know. She, she knows what it is, but she likes to just throw it around. Anyway, um, that may happen, but that embarrassment is fine if it means another layer of protection. And yes, they're young, but knowing what those things are called dramatically reduces, maybe not the first time, uh, but ever happening again because they know that the child yeah. n- has enough information to communicate to their parents what happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, is uh, it a difficult conversation? You bet it is. Is it awkward? Yeah.
0: That's why I recommend the book. The book helps <laughs> make it easier. <laughs>
1: but we're parents, right? Like, that's our job. It's, well, and it's that's, your job to keep your kids safe and to educate them. And, like, this is what you signed up for. So, you know, if that's you're That's what you said about the eldership earlier. Mm, yeah, that, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. This is a very difficult thing, especially when it's your brother-in-law too. But when you became an elder, you signed up for these difficult things. Well, when you decide to have kids, you've signed up for difficult conversations, uh, for burdens on your time and added responsibility. That's that's what you've signed up for, yep. and. Uh, there are people, especially churches, and we've written about this in the past, there are organizations, one of them is called Grace, and we'll have that linked as well, lots of links today, uh, but we recommend you checking these things out. Uh, there are organizations that talk about churches are a place that are highly sought after to come and abuse people. Why? Because we're forgiving, we're welcoming, mm-hmm. we're very trusting. trusting. yeah. We don't ask a lot of questions. It's too judgy to ask people what their past is like. Well,
1: Predators view that as a target-rich environment.
0: Yep. And so uh, if you are in leadership and you're listening to this, you have a tremendous responsibility. Keep your flock safe. Uh, and again, visit those books and the links that we've put in this uh, for help in that regard. This is a bit of a longer show, but we've never—I don't know that we've really talked about this that much. I don't think so, um,
1: but we should. And it's it's important. Yeah, it's
0: really important. Um, do you want to spend a couple minutes here talking about what the elders did in this situation, and and what can what can we do with our conflicted response to people who? abuse
1: um so basically what they did was uh so the the, the court order said that he wasn't allowed to come back un- unless the leadership of the church you know had a a written approval that allowed him to come back yeah um so what the this church what these elders did was they held a congregational meeting um and I I guess it they left it up to a vote right like they just... well the
0: so they had a congregational meeting and I what I read was there were thirty church people there and maybe like three or four said let him back in but everybody else said listen forgive him if he's going to repent but he doesn't need to be back here he needs to go somewhere else um and so they are yet undecided he hasn't come back yet they haven't signed anything but they will meet again about the, yeah they said they're going to the revisit it. Off. Uh Um, but there are a bunch of like a statement from the elder or, or from, from a member, uh, who was in the youth group. I was, I was told I had hatred in my heart and I needed to forgive. Okay. So that's, that's one take on this. Then you have somebody saying it's almost like brothers was more important than the victims were. Mm -hmm. And then there's this quote and you and I both brought this up. Uh, the elders were asked if they were supportive of the victims and they said, yes, we were very supportive of the victims if they asked for help, but none of them ever came to us for anything. What do you do when nobody asks? You can't help somebody who doesn't ask for help. Really? To some degree, <laughs> yeah, you've, you've got to be open and we talk about that. But was the subject ever talked about at this church? Probably not, because it's not talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been helpful. Uh, letting people know, Whatever, whatever recourse the somebody says they'll do, you know, I'll harm your family if you tell that sort of thing. Having somebody from the pulpit say, "Listen, if somebody says that to you, that's empty. They're not going to do anything because we're going to keep them from doing anything." Having somebody say that is going to get some people to come to your door and say, "Listen, I know that I can come to you and talk to you about this." So there, there is a there is a truth in. You need to be open and honest about what you are dealing with. At the same time, you have the responsibility, whoever you are, to make it clear that listen. You can be open and honest here. You can be open and honest with me. You can yeah. find help w- with me. And uh, regardless of what this church should do, um, that's that's on them. Um, which is easy for me to say. What happens if you find yourself in the same situation? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> let's let's talk about <laughs> that for a second. <laughs> I, what happened? Be, because uh, on one end, uh, you have them saying, "Well, here's here's a quote. Just like anybody else who comes forward at church, is it my place to judge him on his sins, or is it God's to judge him of those?" You know, what if somebody truly repents from what they've done, but you still have the people, the victims who have who have dealt with what this person does? Yeah. So do you forgive and forget uh, do you say listen we'll help the victims and whoever needs it, but we're gonna let them keep coming here
1: well I you know this situation is different at least from what I can understand from this article it doesn't sound like uh, this guy was very repenting uh, of all of this because yeah I mean he was still he was still trying to you know, to, to fight this in court yes, and, you know, he wasn't naming all of the victims, you know, it's like, like either you're remorseful or you're not. Um, uh, and it sounds like you're being kind of defensive here. I mean, if you're yeah. confessing sin, then let's, let's do that. And, you know, we, we should be doing that. Um, and then suffer the consequences and being okay with that. Right. That's, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, this is what happened. That That's what repentance is. You know, I'm, I'm sorry for this. This is what happened, and whatever hap, you know, whatever recourse needs to to take place, I'm I'm down with that because I'm guilty.
0: Yeah, and but that's
1: not what we see in this this case. Right. So, yeah, this guy's
0: very defensive, and so maybe in this specific situation, it's listen, the dude didn't repent, so there is no forgiveness, which I think is a, a biblical precedent that's set uh, that that I've written about. And, and maybe we'll link that, too, because we don't have time to go through all yeah, that.
1: And, and if that's the case, <laughs> right, then, you know, that kind of frees up the elders' responsibility to, all right, who who are we trying to protect and who are we helping here? Yep. Well, like, you need to help the families. Yes. If this guy's not fully repenting here, your duty is to help the families of this situation, uh, of uh, the, the victims here.
0: Yeah. And... So uh, let me throw this hypothetical at you. And again, I already warned everybody this is going to be long. So, yeah. Hey. Let me throw this hypothetical at you. Guy does honestly repent.
1: Podcast ever.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Guy honestly repents uh, from something like this. Do you still have him go? Or do you say, listen, because there are so many people here that were victims of yours, you need to go somewhere else? Like, and if you decide, yeah, he needs to go somewhere else, do you warn that church? What do you think? This um, is, I'm not looking for a definitive answer from you. Just as
1: far as warning uh, the the next church, I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, I agree think that be. I mean, that's your responsibility. Um,
0: I think it, we get hung up on the autonomy thing we don't have an overseeing for all the churches of Christ. We're our own uh, leadership Mm -hmm. and the elders are, we get, I think we get too hung up on that in regards to things like this where, yes. And, and this is one of those where you need to talk to, Oh, he's going to this place. Well, we need to let him know not well, to treat him terribly, but they need to pay attention. They need I, to watch think, out. I
1: think churches should even communicate on the positive, right? Like I know our elders, yes. when someone leaves our congregation, when they move away, they give them a letter and saying, hey, you know, this person was a faithful member of our congregation. You know, these are the things that they were involved in. Um, and if you need to chat or if you need a reference or, you know, feel free to call us and, you know, we'll, you know, make ourselves available.
0: Man, that's a that's a good idea. Yeah, I thought nice, so too. I like that.
1: Um, good. So, so what what happens if someone is truly repentful? Um, repentful is that a word?
0: Repentant.
1: Repentant. There it is. Um, I think I
0: said repentful too earlier. Oh, so no. I
1: set you up. <laughs> um, if someone is truly repentant uh, of what they've done, um, I think as an if you know if we're if I'm playing elder here in this situation, I would still have a conversation with the person saying, look. You know, you're a Christian. You need to be a part of a church. However, like this is, these are the consequences of your actions. Um, yes. And you need to, you need to find another church. Um, and I'm you know I'm not saying that you're not forgiven. I'm not saying that you know you aren't um, you you're not saved. But but forgiveness the, doesn't undo the all
0: the consequences. Yeah. yeah. And. We've got to remember you you don't put the guy who he whether or not he should come back. You definitely don't go, "Well, you know, you're repentant and so we've got you teaching the the 5th grade class this Sunday." No, never again. Ever. And it's not because we, you know, sorry, you know, you you you're not forgiven by us. No, you're forgiven, but it's not smart. Yeah. It's not a good idea. It's not wise. And God expects expects us to have more wisdom than that. Yeah. Uh there's a lot to this. We spent a long time talking about it today. We're probably going to come back to this. Subject. It's a big topic. It and is a big topic.
1: I mean, and it's it's here, right? It's it's in our faces. We can't escape it.
0: Yes, and so if you if you are somebody who kind of works in this vein or has uh, maybe more information or thoughts on this, uh, reach us at Chris at org. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts on this um, for. Future articles, podcasts, things like that, because we want to be. I mean, we want to use this platform to shed light on things like this. Yeah, we we don't like things being left in silence. That's where they, as you say, Chris. That's where they fester. That's where they they allow to become worse. That is my line. Bigger problem. That is my that line. is your line. <laughs> I said it, but I attributed it to you. <laughs> this has been the Porncast. Thank you very much for listening. Again, you can reach us if you or someone you know is struggling or if you have comments on this particular episode. You can reach us at chris at wheniamweak.org. Uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, don't be afraid to be open and honest. Uh, you, this is a place, we are people you can trust and talk to. You can be open with us. We'll get you the help as best we can uh, that you need. Uh, don't be afraid to be open and honest because it's when we're weak that we become strong see you next time
1: see ya